came back. A couple of them said, oh, man, it's all there, the milk, the honey, everything. Let's go get it. Huh? And then the majority of them, I suppose, said, no, it's Biden's taking over down there, and it's too big for us to handle. You read that, and God is ticked off. And you see it, because he says he fumed. He's ready to wipe them off the planet. And I think it's interesting that everybody says God never changes. Well, there's a case in point where Moses, it appears, given by what record we have, Moses talked God out of annihilating his people. Oh, uh, yeah, Russell, 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 Russell. You know, Moses is a fictitious character. Maybe you didn't know that. Uh, if you if you know anything about an atheist, you know, Moses is a fictitious character. So go ahead, I digress. <laughs> well, his parents were extremists. Uh, and so was Mother uh, Mary and Joseph. Because they didn't take the vaccine, did they? No. No, they did not accept the Kool-Aid, did they? Mm-mm. They did not accept ex- ex- they did not accept the government dictate. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, so like you say, you're feeling a lot like Gideon and and in the sense that you're saying where is where is my God? That which I have heard that provided all of the all of the uh, miracles that we had heard of. Um, you had mentioned the account there of the spies in Numbers chapter thirteen, and I'll go to Numbers thirteen, uh, or why don't you go to Numbers thirteen? We'll read that quick, and I'll go to Deuteronomy chapter one right. where we find it. Let and me we'll uh, let me get it in the Septuagint, so we'll have a right. a little bit of a possible different uh, perspective. I don't know. All right, I'll I'll read it quick from. No, I'll okay. just let you read it out of the Septuagint. That's fine. We don't need. Both. Did you say it? It it was in thirteen, wasn't it? Right. Let's see here. Uh, this is all Roman numerals, so stop me if it's in the wrong place. And the Lord spoke to Moses. Is that am I in the right place? Yeah, you're in the right place. Saying, "Send men, and let them examine for thee the land of the Canaanites, which I am about to give to the children of Israel for a possession." Thou shalt send a man for every tribe according to the communities of their patriarchal families. Thou shalt send them, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran by the command of the Lord, and all the men were principal leaders of the children of Israel. And these were their names of the tribe of Reuben, Samuel, son of Zuchar, and of the tribe of Simeon, Saphat, son of Suri, one of the tribe of Judea, Caleb, son of Jephoni, of the tribe of Ishkar, Eliel, son of Joseph, of the tribe of Ephraim, Alsa, son of Naul, of the tribe of Benjamin, Faulty, son of Rathu, 
of the tribe of Zebulon, Gideel, son of Sudi, of the tribe of Joseph, of the uh, Manasites, Gadi, son of Susi, of the tribe of Dan, Emil, son of Gamali, of the tribe of Asher, Satar, son of Michael, of the tribe of Nephilim, Nabi, son of Sabah, of the tribe of Gad, Gudiel, son of Maki. These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to examine the land. So there were, it was the majority that voted do not go in the land, wasn't it? So there's you another case of the majority doesn't always know what's best. And more times than not, they choose the wrong path. Exactly. Now, Moses surnamed Ossi, son of Nave, Joshua. And upon sending them to view the land of Canaan, Moses said to them, did you want me to read all this? Well, let's uh, uh, let's just for cut, uh, context. Yeah, let's cut to uh, uh, there at 21 through 25. There's 40 days of searching. And then let's go to the report there at 28, uh, 26 rather. So they went up and viewed the country from the wilderness of, I guess it's Siam, as far as Rube on the way to Amoth. Then they went up on a course parallel with the front of the desert, then turned down to Chevron where the Achaemenes and the Sessians and the Thelemans, descendants of Enoch. Now, Chevron was built seven years before Tanis in Egypt. And having come to the Valley of Grapes and viewed it, they cut there a branch with a cluster of grapes on it and carried it on poles with some pomegranates and figs. And they called the name of that place Valley of the Grapes because of the bunch of grapes which the children of Israel cut there. And having viewed the land, they set set out thence on their return after 40 days and journeying on came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the Israelites in the wilderness of Faran Cadiz and made a report to them and to all the congregation and showed them proof positive, the fruit of the land. Now, I do not remember that story about the fruit. (laughs) So there we have it, right? Yep. And they gave him a minute detail. We went to the country to which thou didst send us, a land flowing with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. So God hadn't let them down yet, had he? So they're surprised, just like our God told us. But here's the key word, nevertheless. Because the nation which inhabiteth it, it, it is bold, and the city strong, defended with walls, and a very large, and we have seen there the race of Enoch, and the Amalekites dwell in the land to the south, and the Kiites and the Avites, and the Jebusites and the Amorites inhabit the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell on the seashore among the river Jordan. 
Here Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, We have only to go up and we shall possess it, for we are stronger than they. But the men who went up with him said, We will not go up, for we are not able to go up against Joe Biden. And, I mean, uh, to go up against the nation, for it is too much more powerful than we are. And they gave an astonishing account of the land which they had viewed to the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we pass to view it is a land which devoureth them who dwell therein, and all the people which we saw are men of immense stature. There indeed we saw giants, and we were before them like grasshoppers. Indeed, we were nothing else before them. So we see here where they took their eye off the the whole account of Egypt and everything, don't we? Absolutely. And and we're already, you know, it's 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 like you said when we we have a God so nigh and so near unto us, mm-hmm. and yet I myself had a prayer today myself. I had to I had to acknowledge the failure I had. I immediately acknowledged the blessing. I immediately acknowledged it in my head. But it wasn't until today that I actually took that time to openly express and acknowledge my thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, I think we all probably are not different in that respect, is that mm-hmm. we can see something happening, we can see the situation, we can see the blessing in it, and and yet we can fail to actually acknowledge the blessing, you know, openly and give thanks, praise, and glory. And so in that same sense, you're, you, you know, you're crying out like a Gideon saying, where is this God that our forebearers told us about? The one that does mm-hmm. these many mighty works, the, the one that brought these miracles and did these wonderful miracles. And, and so here they are, right here in Numbers 13, making an investigation of the land. You know, if that isn't, if that isn't God showing them their weakness in the acknowledgement, then I don't know what is, because that's exactly what happened here. He had no reason to tell them to send spies in, to check out the land I'm going to take you into. It would have been far better for him to surprise them, um, because he was going to bring them victory in, in the conquest, according to his word, and his word does not fail. 
So well, in, in as much as that alone, he had no reason to have to bring them in. But by bringing, telling them to bring some spies into the land and check it out and have them bring back the report so he could show them their weakness, their own inability to acknowledge the greatness and the majesty of what not only he had already done, but what he was about to do. And still, it was difficult for the majority to see, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Rich. I kind of disagree with you. Joshua was a general, and he was in charge of a couple of million people, and he had logistics to move those people through the land to avoid attacks and, um, and know where the if he has to fight where the best battleground is. I mean, he was being... He was being um, careful. Yeah, careful, and he was being judicious. All right, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't disagree with me. You see, you, you didn't listen to what I said. You don't disagree with me because what we're talking about is the Lord said to Moses send men to spy out the land. Well, yeah, but that's what the scripture says. That's that's 13.1. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, send thou men that they may search out the land. And my point is, God didn't have any need. He already told them he was going to give them the victory. This certainly wasn't done for God's necessity. And it, frankly, it isn't even done for Joshua's success because the success of Joshua isn't dependent upon Joshua. The success of the mission is dependent upon God. So there really wasn't any point to spy out the land. The victory was already given. In fact, that's what Caleb returns the report and says when they all got weak need. Go ahead. What I'm get, what I'm gonna say here is in twenty three this happens over and over and over in my life, possibly in y'all's. It this is not that long ago that they went they got out of Egypt at this point. I don't know how whether it was two weeks, a month or what. But they just witnessed one of the most unbelievable things in the history of mankind with that parting of the Red Sea. So you know they were tuned in to God Almighty. And now, this short period of time later, we're feeling like grasshoppers. Mm. (laughs) You know, we forgot everything. And then, then it says, indeed, we were nothing else before them. They're, they're, they feel worthless. And I got to tell you, I feel that way a lot of times, too. And that's, that's the wrong kind of thinking, isn't it? It sure is. Because when we look at the face of this evil that is represented around us, and, and once again, remember, he did not say that he was going to bring them into the land of the Canaanites because of their own magnanimity 
or because of their own glory or because of their own uh, worthfulness or anything else. He brought them into the land because of their wickedness. Now, if God's going to bring people into our land because of our wickedness, and it isn't our land, I should rephrase that, if God is going to bring others into his land here of North America, then he's bringing it in for a reason. He's allowing it to occur for a reason. And that's what you started this whole fellowship with. You know, I sit here and I look and I say, where are the miracles? And yet, this is exactly the thing that I've said about that story in Gideon. You recall the angel of the Lord says unto him, but he says to the angel of the Lord, he says, where are the miracles? And the angel of the Lord turns around and says, go in this your strength. What? Yeah. What? What, what are you talking about? Go in this your strength. This is exactly what God was doing right here with these spies. The strength was what Caleb, and, and that's exactly what God wanted to see. He wanted to see who had the tenacity and the courage to say, God has given it into our hands. We must be courageous enough to go and do that which he's commissioned us to do. You know, that thinking as if you're whipped is the thinking of a loser, isn't it? It's the thinking of an adversary of God because God is creative. He is the creative force. And he has the capacity for destructive force. No doubt about it. No question in my mind. But what would you rather be on? Would you rather be on the side of the creative force? Or would you rather be shivering in the corner awaiting for the destruction of his wrath? Well, I would rather be on his side. Well, if the I scripture says father. that we are commissioned to be a light unto the world, we are commissioned to go forth and speak the gospel, which is the good news, that this God of creation does in fact exist. He did in fact come, lay down his life, uh-huh. became dead, was raised again the third day to a newness of life, to be resurrection, to redeem his people those people that he came to and said he would be a god unto them forever. Well, let me tell you that I, I watched um, I watched this building in Tel Aviv, and I was told that a strike from Israel hit it. But if you watch it, it clearly implodes just like this 9-11 building. It just falls on itself. And I'm thinking... There's not one narrative that they want out there that they can't put out there. And all the sheep, um, for the last four days, I've been hearing all this Christian people saying, go Israel, 
No, Netanyahu's our man. He ain't scared of nobody. He's the real deal, you know. And I just shake my head. They blew up a communications building somewhere over in the... Well, Tel Aviv is in Israel. Yeah. Well, he he meant... I meant in that land, wherever the battle's going on, but they said AP was in there and world journalists were in the building and he gave them a two-hour warning so they could get out if they wanted to. But what I'm saying is that was not a strike from an airplane. Okay? They can do anything and then create a narrative. You're not going to see the truth. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm um, saying. That's what you're Another saying. Job by and it's interesting. Yeah, and, it's, and uh-huh. it's interesting. Go ahead, Ross. Rich, I'm sorry. I said another job by the Mossad. Like the exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, shortly after you and I talked yesterday, um, it was, uh, well, shortly after you and I talked yesterday, is about 45 minutes later or so when this, this, this blessing and this miracle, in, in, my, in my estimation, occurred for me. And it's not that big of a deal, but it, it, it was a big deal uh, to me. And certainly we all acknowledged it. But today, as I was driving home, I heard a quote from Netanyahu. And the quote was, to this extent, we always warn people to get their people out. And yet, if they fail to heed that warning, then they can expect to suffer the consequences. Is basically the gist of the quote. And I, and I got to thinking about the fact that this is supposedly, because you, you had just said, a communication center. But, but <laughs> I was under the impression from the news link or the audio was that this was where the terrorists, were and so i'm sitting there scratching my head and i'm like now wait a minute okay i guess it's possible that the terrorists are in the basement of of the uh, journalism uh school or the (laughs) the journalism for (laughs) and so maybe the journalists are the terrorists (laughs) and so that kind of connects the dots to me to say that, well, you know, I guess that it certainly is possible that, that they they gave them fair warning to get out, and, and obviously they did not heed the warning because they, they weren't the terrorists. It was just the terrorists in the basement that the, the people upstairs didn't know about or something. It's comical. I mean, it's not. It's just when you think about what these people are saying and you listen to it, it, it's like it can't be any dumber. It's it it just is simply amazing. And then to have you told me yesterday that that building came down like an implosion, and hear the Netanyahu thing today, I agree exactly with what you're saying. Is 
you can do anything and then put out the narrative it's those terrible Palestinians. And I'll tell you, I forgot I forgot to send you, Russell. Um, I've got an Irish uh, a, a legislator in Ireland who railed at the Irish, um, what do you call him, ambassador, the Israeli ambassador in, in Ireland. He railed on him who was there before them. And I'll send you the audio link. I'll send you guys that audio link on that. I thought it was pretty insightful. Um, well, he, now he didn't let anything up. He he put the foot right on the neck and the boot, so to speak. Go ahead. In kind of the same vein, you've heard of Eric Clapton before, haven't you? I've heard the name, yep. He's a big yep. deal. He's a big deal in the rock and roll world. Well, do you ever hear a song called Brown Eyed Girl? Rich will know the author of that. Uh, anyway, do you remember who who sang that song, Rich? Brown eyed something. Big famous sixties people. Anyway, both of these people have come out, and the other guy's a real big deal. I just can't think of his name. Eric Clapton said, "I took the first shot." And I got real sick, and he said, and I was became very skeptical. Then I took the second one. He said, don't do it, people. And he has just come out railing against the the, the shots. And I thought, they're going to have to shut him up. Because he said, my feet are numb, my arms are numb. I don't, I don't feel like even the same guy. And I thought, well, maybe you should maybe you should have learned. Go ahead. Can't hear you, Rich. He said maybe you should have played played the guitar a little bit better. (laughs) Well, the the when I read his quotes, he sounded like a a man that had been woken up. That's what he sounded like. Are you talking about Van Morrison? Was it Van yeah, Morrison Van or Morrison. the other? Van, both of them. Van Morrison was out there all by itself preaching against it. And not just the shots. They're preaching against tyranny. So, so you think about that. Eric Clapton's right up there with the Beatles. I mean, he's right up there with Elvis Presley. The counterculture cannot be one of the greatest guitar players ever. Yeah, they cannot have him out there saying this stuff. And Van Van Morrison said, "I don't give a you know what." And he preaches at his concerts. You people better wake up. So that's a bright spot here or there, but. But we're not just locusts, are we, Dad Gillett? We got to be more than a locust. Because God wouldn't part the Red Sea for a bunch of locusts, would he? No, you know, and and the thing that, that you share with us 
here out of the, the spies going into the land of Canaan, like I say, is that it's another classic example of where the stinking thinking of the mm-hmm. majority can get mm-hmm. you into some serious complications. And as Absolutely. you mentioned, as you mentioned, when Israel refused to enter Canaan, um, you know, Joshua and Caleb are, are issuing the conquest. And you mentioned Moses interceding. Um, and let's go to 14 and just kind of reacclimate ourselves. I'll go ahead. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. The whole congregation said unto them, you know, this is exactly what we're seeing in America right now. Mm-hmm. These are the yep. these are the these are the stories that have to be and see when you take this Bible out of the white Anglo-Saxon Germanic Scandinavian Celtic and kindred peoples control school educational system and so forth when you take this away from them and what it is that is to be learned here. They murmured against Moses. Now, all the people in the country are murmuring against those anti-vaxxers, so to speak, and murmuring mm-hmm. against, you know, the, the, you know, this party or that party or this people or that people, the Christians, the mm-hmm. white people, etc. The whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God we have died in this wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain. Let us return into Egypt. Let us make a captain to return into Egypt. And this is what we're doing in America. We made ourselves a captain. Now, some might say, well, I didn't elect this captain. Well, we're electing these captains year after year, every four years, whatever, every two years, because this Mm -hmm. document said that that's what we could do. We could reelect our captains to lead us back into Egypt. And that's exactly what's happening. We keep leading ourselves back into Egypt. They said, let us make that captain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. Go ahead. I was just going to say, they've set the system up to be a cycle of misery. Uh, I was thinking about the new normal. Well, back in 1865, there was a new normal, wasn't there? Mm -hmm. There was a new normal after... uh, the the bombing in New York City, there's been lots of new normals. You know, we can still taste freedom, you and I, Rich. We can can still remember historically times when we had some freedom. Think about it now. We got to belt, buckle our seat belts. We got to do all this stuff. We got to look at all the labels. We got to you know, they just control just about every bit of us. While they're killing us daily. 
And yet race cars go up and down my street, 100 miles an hour, and (laughs) they never get caught. Numbers 14, verse 6, And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jehunah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. They spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delights in us, if the Lord delights in us, yes. then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not you against the Lord, neither fear you the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? Let me say that again. And Yahweh said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a great nation mightier than they. Man. And there comes the salient thing that you said. Moses interceded. Go ahead, Jeremiah. What was that? 14.13. Go ahead. Oh. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for by your strength you brought this people up from their midst. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land. They have heard that you, Lord, are in the midst of this people, because you, Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them. And you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. Should I continue? Yep. Now, if you put this people to death all at once, then the nations who have heard of your fame will say, since the Lord could not bring this people into the land which he promised them by oath, he slaughtered them in the wilderness. So now, please, let the power of the Lord be great, just as you have declared, saying, the Lord is slow to anger and abundant in mercy, forgiving wrongdoing and violation of his law but he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, inflicting the punishment of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations. Please forgive the guilt of this people in accordance with the greatness of your mercy, just as you also have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. All right, in verse 20, And Yahweh said, I have pardoned according to thy word. I have pardoned according to thy word. Moses' prayer of intercession 
gets a pardon for the people that God was ready to destroy. Absolutely remarkable. The grace and the love. Now I want to bring our attention back to 14.8. If the Lord delights in us, that piqued my thought. Flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 10. And now Israel, I'm in 12. What does the Lord thy God require of you but to fear Yahweh thy God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve Yahweh thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. 14. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is Yahweh thy God. The earth also with all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people as it is this day. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. That 15, 14 and 15, is a summation of what we've been talking about in Essence of Money, 1, 2, and 3. By the way, I uploaded part 3. It's a remedy. Week. Yeah. And, and, and only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them and you above all people as it is this day. It pleased the Lord to have chosen them. It pleased Yahweh, the God of Israel, to have chosen them. Not even because of them, but because of their fathers. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I think it's a great story, and it's a story that we can look at today, and we can look at all of those around. All the majority that wants you to go along with the majority, just remind them, yeah. You know, following the majority is not always the best thing. It just about got Israel destroyed by Yahweh. You know, and there's a lot of our people today that when you smack them with that little piece of information, they've really got to take stock in it, don't they, Russell? If they want the the truth. Yeah, or they're really not the Christians they're professing they are. Let's reread that that remedy again. Yeah, it is. Where, where it was over in Exodus, right, or Deuteronomy, and uh, walk in all his ways, love him and serve him with your whole heart and your whole soul. Keep the law of the Lord thy God. 
and it will be well with thee. There's a promise, isn't it? So mm, yes. So we've got to we've got to codify or something. We got to get this this all in one readable material. It it's all in here, but it's not set in our life. I mean, is we got to have understanding of his ways because we do want to follow his ways don't we I do yeah. I'm afraid that when you sit down and you read Leviticus a lot of that does not seem to apply to us you know God's laws begin with his relation with our relationship to him. When he mm-hmm. talks about my commandments, it begins with that uh-huh. relationship to him. And the church world has basically put that all into a nice little tiny little nutshell and said just accept Jesus into your heart. Say the sinner's prayer, mm-hmm. I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. And yet it's all backwards. It's all 180 degrees out of phase. We should be saying, God, allow me into your dominion. Allow me into your domain. Allow me into your heart. Because I'm worthless without you. I'm a sinner. So they just kind of turn it 180 degrees out of phase and it sounds really good. You get to do something, you see. You, you, you get to be the one that does something. But yet they never turn you to the one thing that they're supposed to turn you to, which is baptism for the remission of sin. That's one part of it. But we've got this relationship to God and we've got this relationship to other people. Those right there, Christ said, hinge all of the commandments and the law. So in other words, it's just like I mentioned in part three on this uh, essence of money. We don't even see nor view the Bible as an economic textbook. But yet, when we read Webster's Dictionary, 1828, on economy, primarily the management, regulation, and government of a family or the concerns of a household. Economy. Primarily the management, regulation, and government of a family or the concerns of a household. Primarily, the management, regulation, and government of a family or the concerns of a household. That is the number one definition on economy from Webster's 1828. A frugal, judicious use of money, that management which expends money to advantage and incurs no waste, 
frugality in the necessary expenditure of money. A frugal and judicious use of money. That management which expends money to advantagement to advantage and incurs no waste. Frugality in the necessary expenditure of money. It differs from persimony, which implies an improper saving of expense. Economy includes also a prudent management of all the means by which property is saved or accumulated. Includes also a prudent management of all the means by which property is saved or accumulated. A judicious application of time, labor, and of the instruments of labor. And yet, this Bible is not an economic textbook. It has nothing to do with law and justice. It has nothing to do with family relations. It has nothing to do with animal regulations and relations. It has nothing to do with capital laws and offenses. It has nothing to do with foreign relations. It has absolutely nothing to do with etiquette or moral issues. It has nothing to do with labor or work. It has nothing to do with government and civil officers. Nothing, nothing, nothing whatsoever does it have to do with food, health, welfare, general welfare, economic and monetary laws. It has nothing to do with judgment and execution of the law. It has nothing to do with prosperity or property or military or servants. Or It has nothing to do with any of that. Nothing whatsoever. The Bible is an outdated book. It's only useful for idiots people who are uneducated and unlearned and need religion in order to feel as if they exist. I find this Bible so full of information about the management regulation and government of a family or the concerns of a household than anything I've ever read before. Well, and yet amen. it's not taught it's not taught to anybody the 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 economics in this book and how many as I people said, do you to, think how many people do you think that have gotten married if that preacher said before we finalize this i want you to tell the crowd what a husband is what does that word mean Boy, that would throw the crowd into a frenzy, wouldn't it? The definition of husbandry 
it's basically what you just said is the definition of economy. I mean, you can look it up there if you've got your Webster's and read it. Well, so anyhow, I guess at this point here, um, I thought that was interesting where your thoughts were on very easy for us to feel like we're in a situation where the Red Sea is coming in upon us and there's nothing to hold up Moses' hands. Mm-hmm. And so it, it well, takes what a different... I- Our president said yesterday, either take the shot or you will pay. Did you hear that? (laughs) I did not. (laughs) And the numbers are sneaking in on dead people of the shot. Large numbers. So... It's like the death angels passed over with a needle in his hand. And and uh, I hope we've all got the blood across the lintel, don't you? Because there may just be a surprise in that vaccine. And remember this, we don't know that these people, they parade out there and show you taking a shot or taking a shot. That's, that's, an, that's just a picture that can well, be I put this, faked. I put this, yeah, I put this question out to my wife the other day as I said, you know, consider this. Remember, it was the elderly that were the first. Mm-hmm. And after all, it's the elderly that they seek to have be gone because they're mm-hmm. a drain on society. They've passed their usefulness. That's what all these guys like Gates and the rest of them say. It, it's never uh-huh. them. They're never, they're never too old to, to go and, no. and all that because they're the smart ones in the room. So they... They have to mm-hmm. be around in order to mastermind the, uh, you know, the drinking of the Kool-Aid to its completion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's interesting, and the question still remains, what will we see for the numbers on the elderly population uh, that, you know, we see dying, you know, from... January of last year, so to speak, until, you know, five years here in the future or something. Um, I think it still is is something that remains to be seen um, because it could be that that the first thing, like you said, if we're going to go down a conspiracy trail would be, well, they gave the real deal of the 
of the of the deal that was to kill um, to the first series of those individuals. And then anybody else that was game to get on board, they might as well go too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we well, don't know. Rich, Rich knows something about the Trojan horse. This just keeps getting replayed over and over throughout history, doesn't it? We're here to give you a benefit. I didn't hear you, Rich. These people are crazy. They're in like, they're mesmerized. No matter what you tell them, they glaze over. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to see some negative results three to three to nine months. That's when they start dropping. Well, I feel like it's. I feel like I, my calling at this point, is to tell people not to do it. And if they tell me they've already done it, I tell them you've got a God bigger than that vaccine even now. If you'll apply that remedy that we just read about. Because all of his people do stupid things, don't they? Over and over and over. And we just read of his mercy. It's like if we have a brain and we can still... Make a decision. We can repent. And and these people can repent of taking this shot. Well, you got to remember but, the prophet Forrest. What did yeah, the prophet I mean, David, say? What did he say? Which one? Forrest. Well, tell me, I can't hear. Can't hear what you're saying. I couldn't, I couldn't hear what you were saying either, Rich. He said the the prophet Forrest. Stupid. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, David had hell to pay, but he was forgiven. But he had lots of consequences, didn't he? And he deserved it too. He was a murderer. Right, I get that, but what I'm saying is, even in all that, he restored mercy from God. But he didn't get a free pass, did he, Rich? Nope. So that's what I'm saying about these people that are taking this vaccine. Um. A lot. I think a lot of them are going to die or be maimed. And I was, um, I was channel surfing and I saw um, what's the name of the uh, the preacher on TV? Which one? Uh, CBN. Pat Robertson. That's the- 
that's his son or him. He's getting really old. Yep, he looks like a leprechaun. Yeah, yeah. what did he say? Take the shot. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, Jesus would have taken the shot. Oh yeah. Huh. So he, he stuck a knife in Trump's back right out of the basket. Uh, you know, ask yourself the question, as a, as a Christian listening to the CBN, if anybody actually still does that, I'm surprised. But uh-huh. some guy says to you, he's been slopping you full of agape for the last 25 years and and he says to you Jesus would have taken the shot <laughs> you got to just you got to just stop at that don't you and say uh-huh. really he, he was is providing he was providing healing of all manner of sickness and so forth, and yet Jesus would have taken the shot. Jesus would have just that's healed just, them all on the spot. That's just remarkable. Yeah, okay, right. He would have taken the shot, and he would have crushed it between his fingers and said, Take not that which perishes, but take the living water that comes from me. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. Uh, uh, was a lot of it is just there. And he's saying, um, it's not too late. Everybody can go get their COVID shots. They're fully available. And then he had this younger woman who was sitting on the other end of the table and said, have you had drugs yet? And she said, she said no. (laughs) 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 Well, he said, well, I guess it's up to everyone whether they would like one or not, but Jesus would have taken one. <laughs> but but we laugh about this, but think how many millions of people he influences. I know it. That's what I say. That's what I say. I, if anybody's still watching that, I can't believe it if they haven't already figured it out. But yeah, it's true. And they sit there. And so, and so you know, God, God knows the person. And that's what I was trying to get across is these these people have been manipulated and, and drank the Kool-Aid and done all these things. And some of them are decent people. They're just stupid, for lack of a better term. Uh, uninformed would be a better definition, but well, and, and we've discussed this before. Fear is a mighty motivator. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going up against the best propaganda in history. Well, it's a CIA operation, 
If you mm-hmm. uh, look up Operation um, Alice in Wonderland, it's a, it's a, um, I guess a FOIA document that um, tells you how the how you have influenced the people by changing the rules every chance they get, by putting up fear and more fear and more fear, and oh, there's a variant now, and now there's people are mm-hmm. dying in the streets, and all the lies. Mm-hmm. And, and, but um, but there's an actual document on uh, how the CIA operation was all exercised. Very interesting. What what a, a vaccine? Uh, what you try to instill fear in people? Oh oh that one oh that okay gotcha. And, and how to actually move the masses? like a bunch of lemmings. Um, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be you therefore wise as serpents, Matthew 10, 16, harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. 1017, Matthew 18, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the nations. But when they deliver you up, take no thought for which you shall speak, and it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speaks, but the spirit of your father which speaks in you. The brother shall deliver up the brother to death, the father the child. The children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. But when they shall persecute you in the city, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become. 24, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of this household? Fear them, not therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak you in the light. What you hear in the ear, preach you upon the housetops. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body. In the grave, in Hades, hell, the death. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You have not there fear you not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever shall deny me before men will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. 
Think not that I have come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, daughter against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be that of his own household. He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that takes not his cross following after me is not worthy of me. He that finds his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that receives you receives me. He that receives me receives him that sent me. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, shall in no wise lose his reward. The thing that is remarkable about that is as I heard you, Russell, mention about telling people that, you know, you can still repent of this thing, taking this shot, forsaking. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know exactly God's rewards and how he rewards. And so it is something to be said that we can we can commit wrong and commit error and commit sin and uh-huh. be against our father and granting mercy or granting repentance that does not necessarily mean that we've been granted the reward mm-hmm. that could have been ours and uh-huh. that's again part of that striving to the end and of course, much of this, obviously, I, I, I will not try to sugarcoat it some other way. Much of this is intended to the apostles and to a lesser degree, but certainly no significantly less degree, I guess, in some respects, would be those also who became apostles besides the 12. Because um, many did go out. The question was how many of them remained. And as I say, the point is is that this is being spoken in large measure to those immediate apostles who were commissioned with the greatest task to bring about this good news that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of Gods, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yahweh, had come in the flesh, had laid down his life in the form of his only begotten son, that he might free his bride Israel from the sure and certain death that was duly hers for the adultery, the fornication that she had wrought and committed against the bride, or excuse me, against the husband. And they were commissioned to go out and bring that good news 
to Israel peoples wherever they were. And in mm-hmm. so doing, there were going to be others who were going to see, recognize, hear, understand, and marvel at the veracity of this truth, which was that this God literally came to earth, this God of creation came to earth and laid down his life and took it up again so that that husband in marriage to Israel would be freed to be remarried and reunited with her former husband in marriage as Hebrews 8.8 confirms. So it was specifically stated and spoken for their ears it's no less at any point in time and we know this from history because of the martyrs of Jesus that we've learned about over the centuries who have stood against the wicked and the unrighteous in the hours of great persecution in the land all over the the creation so it's a it's a very impressive admonition that he gives us and confirmation of value of staying with it until the end and you know, we, we, we laughed a little bit ago about the Jesus would have taken the shot. And uh-huh. the the insidiousy of it is what makes us laugh. But the if 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 we are to believe that as citizens of the kingdom of Christ, the Redeemer, that we are now supposed to uh, it's it's everything. It, it's everything. If, if you if your world paradigm, if your paradigm has been over the last seventy five to one hundred and fifty years, has been that Romans thirteen is about civil administration and therefore civil administration, you're supposed to obey every aspect and facet of civil administration, notwithstanding everything you've learned from Genesis on to Romans thirteen. And all of the stories that you heard and learned about people who resisted violating God and his commands and his laws, statutes, and judgments, such as killing babies and throwing them in the river or whatever the protocol was. I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous. So if if your world view and paradigm and teaching has been under that teaching, it's very difficult for you to see the, the blessed hope in the words of Matthew 10. Because you're, you've been deluded into believing that you're supposed to obey government edicts that are contrary to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Under the guise of doing good. You know, if you do good, others will live. I, I, I can't. I can't tell you how it must feel to be the 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 mother who said, 
I'm doing this so that others might live and not even days or weeks or whatever it was, she's dead. Are you kidding me? You were alive. You did that so that others might live? No, you left an orphan now. Fear not them which kill the body. Fear them, fear him rather, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. In other words, he leaves you in the grave. Before I forget, um, we're just still doing research on this thing. And uh, one of the doctors came up with a an available fix if somebody's getting a cytokine storm, you know, as a result of having been vaccinated, pine oil and pine tree, uh, pine needle tea can be effective against it, I guess. Yeah, we've got some information on that as well. If you take pine needle and and uh, heat it and brew it into a tea that has a pretty strong medicinal effect that could potentially result in reducing your your overre- bodily overreactions to the, the yeah, protein. All pine needles No, they're not. The correct pine needles have either two in a cluster, three in a cluster, or five in a cluster. So you just kind of look how the, the pine needle is, comes off the branch. And if it's in twos, threes, or fives, it's a good one. Hmm. It's just like our gut to have a simple, simple fix for their worst weapons. Yeah. Did I tell you guys the joke about the mice? No. There were two mice talking together, and one said to the other, you're going to get your COVID shot? And the other one said, hell no. He says, they're still experimenting on humans with that one. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? 
It's a good way to approach somebody who uh, tells you you need to have your shot and say, did you ever hear about the joke about the two mice? Wow. This this stuff coming out of the CDC is just unbelievably orchestrated and really it's it's pathetically funny if you try to add it all up. But this Fauci guy's the highest paid government officials what I heard. And he just changes with the wind. It's part of that Alice in Wonderland stuff. Uh, Keep confusing the yeah. people. You don't have any set down rules. And um, and you you notice they the say they say one thing, and and what what they don't see is what's really hideous. Is what they're saying is this is an un, unelected agency ruling over you. You know, these are foreigners ruling over you. That lady just, that foreigner that's the head of the CDC said, now for the last year, we've been telling you what you can't do. She goes, I'm proud to say that today we're going to tell you what you can do. And my dad would have rolled over in his grave. He didn't go fight. Michael didn't go fight. So some foreigner to tell us what we can and can't do. But that's where we're at in America now. Foreigners run all these agencies. Have you noticed? You must be an anti-Semite. Indians, Arabs, Afrikaners. They don't have names like Doug Nelson. Well, you know, all I can say is that every time I consult this book, I find out the same thing. Judgment began with the house of the Lord. And the house of the Lord, his house, were the people of Israel. And closer to home on the house of the Lord was obviously those in the ministerial, civil, administrative duties. And Amos chapter 3, you know, if we see something happening to us, it, it seems the biblical record is clear. It has to be something that we're doing or have done that we have 
something coming upon us that is less comfortable or not as appealing or whatever you want to say about it. Amos chapter 3, verse 1. Hear this word that the Lord Yahweh has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his, of his den if he has taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people be not afraid? Shall there be evil in the city and the Lord has not done it? Surely. Yahweh will do nothing, but he reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Where are the prophets? Seek the Lord and live. Chapter 5, Amos. We'll close up. Hear you this word which I spoke, take up against you, even a lamentation, O house of Israel. Lamentation is, is God is now lamenting. Hear this word which I take up, even lamenting, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel is fallen. She shall no more rise. She is forsaken upon her land. There is none to raise her up. For thus says the Lord Yahweh, the city that went out by a thousand shall leave a hundred, and that which went forth by a hundred shall have leave ten to the house of Israel. For thus says the Lord God, the city that went out by a thousand shall leave a hundred, and that which went forth by a hundred shall leave ten to the house of Israel. For thus says Yahweh unto the house of Israel, Seek you me, and you shall live. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, or past Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, Bethel shall come to naught. Seek the Lord, and you shall live, lest he break out like a fire in the house of Joseph, and devour it, and there be none to quench it in Bethel. See, so many people always think about God using Jacob as a flame and, and Esau as stubble. Right here, we're told, lest the Lord break out like fire in the house of Joseph. You who turn judgment to wormwood and leave off righteousness in the earth, seek him that makes the seven stars into Orion and turns the shadow of death into the morning and maketh the day dark with night that calls for waters of the sea and pours them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name that strengthens the spoiled against the strong so that the spoiled shall come against the fortress. 
They hate him that rebukes in the gate, and they abhor him that speaks uprightly. For as much, therefore, as you treading is upon the poor, and you take from him burdens of wheat, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not dwell in them. You've planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine of them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just, they take a bribe, they turn aside the poor in the gate from their right. Therefore, the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. Now, that's a very important statement right there. Therefore, the prudent sure shall is. keep silence in that time, for it is an evil mm-hmm. time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live, and so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you, even as I have spoken. Hate the evil, love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious under the remnant of Joseph. So when we talk to people and stuff, we want to share with them how we hate the evil and we love the good and that we seek to have judgment established in the gate. And it may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious under the remnant of Joseph. Therefore, the Lord, the God of the hosts, the Lord says, thus wailing shall be in the streets, and they shall say in the highways, alas, alas, and they shall call the husbandmen to mourning, and such as the skillful of lamentation to wailing. And in all the vineyards shall be wailing, for I will pass through thee, says the Lord. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord, To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. And that's what I say to people who say, I just wish the Lord would hurry up and get here. And this one here always speaks in my mind. Woe to you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. As if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? I hate and despise your feast days. I will not smell your solemn assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from the noise of the songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. But legend, right here he's telling us, I don't even want to hear your songs. I don't want to hear your melodies. Your melodies are putrid to me. They, they, I don't even want to, you know, your solemn assemblies, your feast days, all of these things, I've got no use for them. Let judgment run down as waters, and righteousness is a mighty stream. Have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? But you've borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and your Kayun, the image of the star of your God, which you made to yourselves. Therefore, I will cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Should we not suspect that something is amiss in Israel, in America? in Israel, in Europe, not the least of which has to do with the oppression and 
that brings us right back to economy. So, perhaps part four will be uploaded this week. Part three is in the archives. I'll title this message up to something if I can think of a title for it here later on, and I'll put that up, and it'll be archived as well. I think it was a good uh, segue this evening, and I appreciate what you brought to the table, Russell. It, it certainly resonated with me, and and uh, I enjoyed the direction that it went. Anybody want to have some closing prayers? Let's bring uh, them to our Heavenly Father's ears. Go ahead. Heavenly Father, as usual, we beg for your protection and your holy angels to hedge your protection about us and our family. If anyone is traveling, keep them protected. In the name of Jesus. Keep the COVID idiots away from our children, away from our grandchildren, away from our people. They have to have this shot. Oh, Lord, we ain't going to stop them. We know Jesus wouldn't have taken the shot. wouldn't have advised any of us to do it either. Thank you, Holy Father, for your love and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, Father, I pray also for us to be protected against those who did take the shot. Because, Father, I don't know what sinister motives and plans the evildoers have and how it can affect us. So, Father, I just ask for your protection because it's going to be needed. I am under the understanding. So I pray special protection for all of those who are in the presence of those who took the shot, especially those that are yours, Father, that seek after you and desire to abide in your will. They be exceptionally protected. And Father, we thank you for the blessing you provide us each day. Father, we pray for those that are trying to carry the, the word far reaches of minds of the people of yours that have been deceived by the false teachers and false preachers and and our idolatry. Father, we just ask for your continued blessing and we ask for your continued mercy, acknowledgement of our repentant hearts. We do come to you, Father, with our hearts asking that forgive us of our sins forgive us of our sins of idolatry forgive us of our sins of omission and commission this name Lord God we're not locusts we're children of you Help us to contain our stinking thinking and stay focused on your promises and truths, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, man. Well, enjoyed it. 
Nice chatting with you all again this evening in the Word. And we'll catch you all next week. Good night. Good night, night, all. Good night.